Season 3 of the Amateur Hour is proudly supported by Professional Way. I've personally been a customer for 10 or so years, and whether it's been strength training in the gym or cycling training, the body needs to be fueled correctly to get the most out of your performance and recovery. At Professional Way, they are committed to being a totally clean, pure sports nutrition company. No artificial ingredients added, no fillers, just pure product. At the heart of Professional Way is a passion to see clean sports nutrition being utilised alongside the nourishment of organic whole foods. Check out the range online at www.professionalway.com.au. Use the code PROFESSIONALWAY for free shipping to an Australian address on your first order over $100. Chatting to Jethro, we're fresh off the weekend yesterday, down in Nunup for the huge event seven, and what a day it was! And I'm with one of the main MCs himself, the man from the press room podcast, Jethro Nagel, and <laughs> and uh, no, nah, it's just nice to have a, a quick chat with you, mate. Thanks for your time today, and tell me how was the action from your end yesterday? Oh yeah, no worries. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Ali. Yeah, it's um. Oh, mate, yesterday was so good. It was amazing, and uh, like, yeah, it's just incredible. It's incredible how good the event is. You know, like there's twelve. I think there's twelve uh, events in the UCI Gravel World Series, and the first one was in the Philippines. But like, you know, that was a real small scale compared to seven. And I understand that quite a few of the other ones as well are not quite on the level of. Um, of this event and um, I was talking with uh, quite a few people today and and last night as I was driving home and like there's just something about gravel cycling um, and gravel racing and just gravel in general that seems to capture like both the competitive sort of races in the in the in the mountain bike and the in the road cycling scene and then also the recreational um, people who just go out there for the challenge and somehow manage to capture both of those cohorts, bring them together, but maintain the competitive sort of uh, challenging nature versus uh, I think it's a bit different in other sports. And it was just such a good vibe, you know, so many different challenges that everyone was trying to accomplish, whether you're trying to get top 20, qualify for your age group, win the race, or just try and finish within the time cut. Um, so... Yeah, it was really cool seeing um, all the faces and everyone knows that I really like to race and the only thing that I, the only thing that would stop me from racing something like this or anything was to to call it and then to to bring, uh, you know, just see everyone's stoke on the line, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, my face lit up when I saw you, mate. And um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you sum it up beautifully. It does. It, it overlaps a lot of different parts of the sport. And yeah, there are people out there who are recreational riders, but they just are so used to riding their own tempo. And yeah. that's the that's the ride where you need to do your own tempo. And yeah, it, it does. It works beautifully. So um, yeah, just a really vari- big variety. And yeah, the, the atmosphere at the finish line 
for anybody who's taken on three, five or seven and A, accomplished it and B, been out amongst that scenery for a few hours, then, yeah, you could just see. Yeah, and the weather just played a big role as well. Oh, yeah. No, the whole thing was just insane. It's the... the it's like the event you always want to be a part of, you know, what, what the team at Ride WA do and Brendan, Rebecca and the whole crew, they make the event feel professional. So like it makes you feel like you're in this real professional setup and it just has this authenticity mm. of, of um, and it always has, you know, of being this incredible event from just the banners, you know, and, and the people out on the course and then all the motos like chopping around and, and um, let alone the course uh, itself. And, um, you know, I caught up with, uh, when I had Nathan on the podcast last week, I actually ended up bumping into him on um, on Friday because I had to go down to Nanup for the Tank 7 uh, trails opening, which is just insane. Any mountain bikers out there just have to go see the Tank 7 trails. It's unbelievable. And so I was at that thing and then we had some little lunch at the Nanup Brewing Co where everyone's, you know, cheesing each other up, all these big wigs. Yeah. And I'm just sort of sitting there on the couch going, oh, I can't wait to ride my bike. And it got to one o'clock and I was like, right, let's wrap this up. And I went to walk across the car park to get my bike out of my car and just get changed. I was like, right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I was going to go pedal my gravel bike up to the um, top of the Tank 7 trails and maybe just send it down the Double Black Diamond. And uh, not really, but uh, as I did that, <laughs> as I was walking to the, you know, down the um, strip and I saw, so I thought someone called my name out and I looked across the road and I was like, oh, there's Nathan, or it looked like Nathan. Nathan Huss. Like, yeah, yeah, Nathan Huss. So I was like, oh, I really wanted to ride my bike. So I was like, I went and got my bike and I was like, oh, I'll just pedal over and see if actually was him. And I pedaled over and I was like, hey, and, you know, we recognised each other from when we were doing the pod and. He was like, oh, man, I'm just about to go for a ride. I was like, yeah, so am I. And he goes, oh, well, let's go for a pedal. And um, next thing you know, we're just, you know, we're heading out on the trail. And, and I was talking to Nathan. I said, mate, like this event is um, is mental, but, you know, are you a bit nervous that you haven't touched the course yet? And, uh, you know, he said he, had, he, he wasn't really fussed about it. He said, at the end of the day, it's just, you know, your legs. They do the talking. And, um, well, yeah, you know. It's uh, it's just awesome. And uh, anyway, what I was going to say is that the fact that in the men's that Nathan didn't win and two other people from over east uh, on the men's side finished mm. on the podium, I mm. think it really lifted the stature of the race up. Yeah, it did. And yeah, that's what you were talking about with the Ride WA hosting these events that have this professional edge to them um they've got that professional edge and that helps with nathan and those guys being here and and getting such incredible results yesterday but also it's so inclusive so whether you're that edge at end of it or at the very far end and you're finishing just inside the time cut every one of those people feels so evenly welcome and yeah that's that's part of the dna of the the ride wa crew is that yeah it doesn't matter what part of the sport you're from or what your ability is we have a spot for you um but yeah these guys yesterday they they took it to another level and um yeah it's just so scary seeing seeing some of those times um <laughs> but equally yeah. so wonderful seeing um you know at what was it 3 p.m 3 30 p.m the line for collecting your time sheet and your buckle was still out the door um right, which showed that yeah they were just still coming and coming and coming and um 
congratulations to everybody involved because it was just an absolute treat to be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, those tickets are gold. You know, I think one of my um, a friend of mine, Peter Maher, he he'd been trying to get the third finish his third seven. I think it was third seven um, to get the blue belt buckle. You know, and um, I think yeah. he, I think the last two years he's like had the DNF for some, you know, for whatever reason. And I think this year he got it. And when I saw him come over the line, I, I knew that he was so stoked, you know, to finish to get that buckle because the last two years he's been sitting on two, you know, sitting on two, not quite there. And I saw him come across the line. I was like, oh, I know you're you wanting to finish. Yeah. And he still has the printout from his second effort. This crispy, like crusty old ticket, you know, like when they fade in the, in the heat, like a fish and chip ticket. Yes, yeah. like that. He's still got it. And I saw the photo that he posted up and I was like, geez, mate, take a picture of that thing. You know, it's, it's on paper. It'll wither away. So definitely, if you want to keep that memento, uh, take a, you know, take a bloody picture because those things fade. But um, I have to say, I was really excited for a few people to come across the line as I was waiting uh, for people. Obviously, I really like to call the racing element. So that's sort of 20 minute period when the top 10s and 20s of the men's and women's were frothing in. That was mm. super exciting for me. And, you know, uh, I was on the tips. I was just on my toes waiting for, for, for Nathan and Adam to come in. And Maria, we were waiting for ages because someone said, time check, Maria's 5K away. And that 5K was like an eternity. And I was like, where is she? I just wanted to call Marine yeah. um, for the three-peat. She's won it three times in a row. Like, that's hectic. Like, is it, uh, doing that on your own, great. It's, it's amazing. But you ought to remember, like, so many things can go wrong in three years, not only in the race, but maybe in the lead-up. You could get Rona the week before, like a lot yeah. of people did. Or, yeah. I don't know, you crash on your training. Um, and then another person was the, oh, George. On the foot bike, Ali. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy, I actually heard about him because he did, um, no one saw, I was going on about it all day long, but if you didn't and you don't know what the story is, there's this guy called George and he runs this company called Footbikes WA. And I first heard of him when he did an end-to-end on the Mundabidi on a foot bike. And so a foot bike's like a scooter, like a push scooter, like Lewis Hamilton on a grid. Um, but it's got mountain bike wheels. Insane. And, yeah, like no motors, no like, you know, 30k an hour downhill helmet on the footpath uh, that we see all the time now. It's like just foot powered. And he was doing, when I heard he was doing seven, I was like, how? Like he's going to come, like the time cut, 10 hours. I mean, you're walking up the climbs, right? Like everyone. How do you. <laughs> So when he came in, he came in, I think, around eight hours, 38, and he was still in front of 50 people. Nah. What? Yeah, he, um, he was one of those stories yesterday that you just wanted to, wanted to witness some of it because you hear about it, but you actually have to see it with your own eyes. Um, and, yeah, George was – that's incredible. He's, yeah, he's quickly um, getting rid of cult status in our events here in the state. Yeah, he's done the Cape to Cape as well. Like, how do you manoeuvre that thing around um, <laughs> the, sing- the single track, eh? But he was doing it to raise money for um, uh, like a children's cancer charity because he's had cancer himself. I interviewed him on the line and he's beaten it, which is just insane. Um, and uh, and he was raising money for that. So like on, on, on the Footbikes WA 
uh, Facebook page. He's got the link there. I think he's got about 800 bucks and he's trying to get to 3,000. I looked uh, today. So mm -hmm. um, foot bikes, you know, foot bikes WA on Facebook. You can't miss it. There's only one. And um, you can see the link and I reckon donate because, I mean, seriously, <laughs> on a foot bike, you know, anyone can do this race. Um, nice share, so, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So from your end there, a lot of um, special special people came across the line. And yeah, was there anybody else or one moment in particular from the day that, yeah, that you look back and go, that was just, yeah, incredible? Um. Oh, there were so many good moments. Like just seeing a lot of the, 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 the couples come in, you know, there was a lot of like husband and wife or, you know, like, uh, you know, just partners rolling in together, um, which was really cool to see. Um, oh, that, that must be pretty special. Riding in with your partners is cool. And then two of my mm. friends uh, did that, which is really nice. And then lots mm. of like, um, you know, lots of brothers as well uh, and, and, and sisters rolling in and just, you know, girlfriends and, that was just cool, you know, because like that's their challenge together uh, to try and complete the complete the epic bike ride that seven is, and they get to do it and struggle together uh, with your close friends or your loved ones. Like I, I certainly like that, and um, yeah, good call. Yeah, and I think yeah, those are probably um, yeah key moments. Yeah, there was a lot of that yesterday, and um, yeah, mate, the ride WA crew just working with them over the weekend what was it like working with them ah oh, awesome there's a reason why these events run so well and it's because brendan and rebecca um they had this like knack to no matter what job you're doing whether you're sitting um you know whether you're i don't know you're collecting the bins or whether you're out on the middle of the course on a checkpoint or there's a lady's job to uh I was talking to her yesterday. She sits in the event room, does not leave the event room inside the rec center, this little box. And she sits there and listens to the radio all day uh, uh, from race control, incident control. And she writes down everything that comes down on the radio. So, so she essentially takes the minutes for the race for the entire, like 10 hours since it starts. She sits there and scribes it all. And so those jobs through to mine, through to, uh, you know, the course marshals and stuff, they had this knack of making everyone feel like their job's really important. And like, it's, it's unreal. Like it's so noticeable. It's the first thing I noticed because they, they make you feel like you're this rock star, whether you're doing, you know, the simplest jobs, the most mundane task. And that's why it works so good because everyone, no matter what job they're doing feels like, Oh, you know, my role's really important. And it's how Brendan and Rebecca treat everyone and build that up. And it's just, uh, it's unreal. And then, you know, like, obviously it's a big day out for everyone and you, you get hungry throughout the day and, and you can have moments where you're like, oh, geez, I'm hanging here for a yeah. you know, feed. The motorbike drivers must have been going for hours and stuff. They need to stop for food. There yeah. was food distributed to all the crew throughout the entire day. And, and for, the, for, the crowd, for the crew on the ground, um, around the race village, there was um, a lady called Madeline and her team, and she was pumping out like freshly baked goods to ev to everyone there. And just when you were about to just sort of fall and starting to hunger flat, she'd yes. appear with uh, a cooking tray full of like, freshly made brownies. 
and like <laughs> at the end of the, it got to about three o'clock and I kind of disappeared on Eric and Claire because my voice was just getting cooked and yeah. I was like oh I just need to switch off here so I went into that event room with that lady I forgot her name now but she's an absolute superstar she hadn't left the four walls of that building all day yeah sat down next to her and there was a bag of snakes that was open from the course like checkpoints and I was getting stuck into those because I was so hungry yeah and I sort of I had about maybe 30 or 40 snakes and I was just like starting to feel better and then Madeline comes up behind me with a tray of piping hot cinnamon scrolls freshly baked and I was like well, I'm already over the limit, uh, but I'm ready for this. <laughs> so I couldn't say no. But, you know, it was just those things. Um, the crew was so good. You know, we had a dinner the night before that, the, that Brendan puts on for everyone, Brendan Rebecca. And so we all had a really good um, a really good dinner and get to meet, um, you know, everyone on the crew. Because I think there was 60, 60 people involved and then heaps more volunteers. And there were lots of people, I think maybe 15 or... 20 people were out with COVID in the last week. Mm. So um, there was lots of volunteers called upon. I heard about one dude who came down from Beverly on the day. So yes. I don't know how yeah. long it takes to get from Beverly to Nana. Well, yeah. Um, mate, probably, I don't know, almost as long as it took me to do the ride yesterday. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, look, that's that's great that you give us a bit of insight and yeah to all the volunteers thank you so much from all of us and yeah you could just see near the end that they're all chatting around together the volleys and you could see how close-knit they were so clearly that's what yeah from the top is uh passed down to everybody that we're all in this together um glad that you had such a fun day mate and um yeah you didn't have a hunger flat and um yeah ahead for you mate um yeah I'm so excited for you. The podcast, the press room potty. You, yeah, I don't know, mate. You must be uh, including an extra day in the week that we don't know about because um, <laughs> they they just keep coming and they get better. And the, uh, the access to some very, not only talented athletes, but the athletes that you're choosing are, yeah, they're just such good speakers and they just really feel comfortable in your chats and, you know, the Jai Hindley chat. Uh, was just such great access to you know the world that he's in but also the way that he broke it down and um yeah uh, loving it mate we all are um what can we look forward to um yeah coming up um i've got some really cool things coming up i'm actually about to i think i've got a couple of episodes left um before i have a bit of a break because i'm a bit cooked um (laughs) pumping them all out It's, it's, it's a lot of work I love it. Um, so I'm going to have a little bit of a break and then come back around Tour de France time. But I've got two more episodes left. One episode I've got coming up is a little bit different. Not a pro cyclist, but a beast. And it's this, this guy called Kent Ohuri, I think. Um, I haven't pronounced his last name. But he did five Everests in seven days uh, to sort of raise awareness for mental yeah. health. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. I, I love uh, Everesting. I'm actually really excited by the concept. I've tried and failed once uh, before, and I will try again. But when I heard about this, I actually saw Zwift um, reshare it uh, one day, and I saw it, and I messaged him. I was like, mate, you are insane. And um, uh, I think it's for the campaign. It's not weak to speak. So I'm going to talk to him next week, which could be cool. Um, I've got Sam Wilson just in the box, just trying to get him tied down he's a hard man to get but we're going to get a sam wilson potty on Sweet. and then um 
and uh, yeah, and then I'm just mate full gas working towards uh, the world championships. It's going to be I'm going there live. It's going to be doing daily podcasts. Um, it's going to be called the World Series, but it's going to be called the Something World Series, which I'll announce soon. It's going to be really cool. Um, and also do some really awesome stuff with Zwift there as well. Uh, they're going to have a massive activation at, at World Championships. So whoever's travelling across to Wollongong, um, it's just going to be insane. So um, that's the real big ticket and hopefully the real big launch pad uh, for the press room. So thanks to everyone that is listening and thanks for, um, you know, pumping it up because I, I just love it, mate. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, we love on the access you provide the listeners um Thanks. pretty just another wa product getting it done on the on the world stage mate and um yeah overnight jai hinley winning uh yeah the oh, Queen's stage on a sunday night at the giro so Boy, um, i was hey i was driving home i was pegging it home to i was meant to stay till monday because we we're gonna have lunch with my friends on uh on our way back in bustleton but i was just so hanging to ride my bike i was like oh no i'm gonna peg it back home tonight and I knew I couldn't miss the blockhouse stage. I have it playing on the car seat on the drive home last night, like ten thirty. Yeah. And I got I got home at eleven. I was like, yes, there's about five k's left. And like I was listening to the race, but I wasn't watching it, obviously. And I got home and I was trying to unpack everything. I had the iPhone in one hand, watching Richie Port just destroy the pillow, absolutely ripping it. Carapaz in the wheel, and Jai was sitting there. Kelderman had dropped. Bookman was on the back foot. And Jai was just sitting there carousing. He looked so fresh. And I actually fell asleep from like 2Ks to like 1.1. And yep. then I woke up again. I was like, oh, you know, and then I saw the four of them sprinting and Jai let it out. It was just so cool, man. And you know what? Online, on, on, I'm going off tangent, but on um, Reddit and on Twitter and stuff, a lot of the punters out there, they don't believe and they don't subscribe to Jai's 2020 uh, Giro performance. They think, oh mm. yeah, it was the it was the COVID Cup. You know, there weren't as many people mm-hmm. there. But his actual watts per kilo performance with Teo Gagenhart on that those um, massive climbs, and it was just those two. It's some of the best climbing performances over forty minutes ever. Mm. And no one subscribes to it. So this win was really powerful for Jai because he's proven he goes that race was not a fluke. I'm up there with Carapaz, Olympic champion, Lander, all those kings, everyone else that's dropped. And he's winning on Blockhouse, which is, I mean, cop that. Yeah, no, well said. Glad you touched on it. Um, if listeners haven't tuned into your um, podcast with Jai, he goes into a bit of context with that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you're right. So just last night was very timely. And, um, yeah, may he, may he have a strong second half. And um, for you, may you have a good few weeks off, well, from uh, – pumping them out because if you are going to cover the tour you need to be fresh and um yeah we look forward to yeah what you've got in store for us when it comes to parry and and what's ahead with that big event mate so um from me thank you for yeah your time Savo, and with whatever fuel you had left in the tank mate (laughs) thank you and everyone if you haven't listened to the episode already that ali did with um richard's president Dan O'Donoghue, please listen to that episode. It is just amazing. Dan is one of the gods of the sport here in WA, and uh, it was a great episode, Ali. So thanks, mate. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Um, yeah. All the best, and yeah, hope you get yourself out for Riverloop ASAP. Oh. All right, mate.
Cool. Thanks, Allie. See ya. There we go, guys. Thanks to Jethro for his time there, the great man himself. It was just good to hear his insight and how much he loved the day. And, um, yeah, the, the stories, as you could tell, were pretty special. Um, very excited for our episode, full-length episode for Seven, which will come out soon. Stay tuned for that. Just doing some chats this week with uh, people who took part. Craig and myself will do a recap as well on how it went for us. And, um, yeah, we look forward to the gravel, sorry, the road series this weekend starting. We've got race one of the winter road season organised by Peel District Cycling Club at Dog Hill. So get your entries in, ready to get uh, the racing on and looking forward to the Lakes boys handing it to the Swannies and the Dome boys when that kicks off this Saturday. And from us, yeah, we can't wait to share with you some more quality content soon. We're going to get our legs rested while they're absolutely busted for the moment, but we'll be back on the bike and chatting to you again soon. Cheers, everyone.